0: marketing made easy the podcast on this episode
1: i'm open to spending your money on whatever you want to spend it on as long as you plan to spend that money in advance when you don't plan to spend it is when the problems come and it ends up just being oh well i'll whack that on the credit card and that's where the problems come
0: now here are your hosts from get savvy club anna geary
1: and anita baldwin
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anagiri here, and hello, Anita. How are you, Anita Boldings? with me,
0: of course? I'm good. Thank you very much. I've just shoved two twirls in, in the gap we had between doing this interview and doing this top and tail, so I feel fine. So we have um,
2: got a great podcast coming up. With, uh, it's another guest interview with a lady called Laura Weston, who has not that long had her business, actually, called... Um, savvy peacock so it's interesting because obviously we've both got the savvy name in there essentially she's she's looking to help us all help our kids understand about money and it couldn't be more important in my opinion because if you don't get educated and the, and the schools can only teach you so much and you go out into life you're going to run into trouble if you don't understand how, how all this once money you get in that works.
0: cycle of debt it's so hard to get out oh, of it, yeah.
2: not it yeah you just can't Sorry. literally just go bust Yeah. So that's what you don't have to. You can like stay in debt until you die, but obviously that's a a long winded way. But But it would pay me all those interest payments. Just pay just paying to stand still
0: would help me. Might as well just
2: throw twenty pound notes up. (laughs) out of the window every morning when you wake up anybody just take i'd prefer you know what i'd prefer to do that because then it could be like actual nice people that get that 20 pound notes instead of like some big faceless corporate entity and then you'd never see where that money goes to ever again yeah, it's exactly. Oh, yes, so, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, let's get into
1: it.
0: If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe.
1: My name is Laura. I have really enjoyed a 20 year career in the banking industry and I am leaving that to start up my business, Savvy Peacocks, which is a financial coaching service specialising in supporting families to work towards their family goals their money goals get as financially savvy as they can to then be able to share that with their children and the future generations to, to hand that great life skill down to them and the way I do it is that I, I work with the parents to set those goals make a plan but then we encompass the whole family and bring the children on board to be able to use it as a learning exercise to teach them about money as well which as we know is not talked about enough and isn't educated in schools yet which is just ludicrous so um yeah really you want to keep us as worker
2: bees that's why that the government they want to keep us as worker bees they don't want us to know about this stuff but i've i've never heard of anyone um having that service and then when yeah when you say it it's like such an obvious needed service (laughs) obviously we've we've had we've Actually, had one of your mentors on this podcast before. You've uh, Catherine Morgan, you work with, don't yeah. you? So yeah. we, you know, we've we've had people in the fi- financial space before, um, but never where they're going to be helping the the children as well. So that that's really kind of cool and a, a quirk change on it. Is yours all going to be direct to the? to the individuals have you got plans to maybe go into schools as well is that something you'd look at or is it just to work um
1: I would like to go into schools um but it's obviously quite difficult and there are lots of schools to get into and I'd feel Mm. a little bit guilty Mm. if I was doing some and not others so I, I I think my calling is to spread the words and talk about the importance of teaching our children those life skills as parents um, what I would like to do is get into colleges and talk to our 15, 16, 17 year olds, because I think for me, that's a pivotable time where they might start getting access to money. They maybe haven't been educated around how important their credit score is. Mm. They're about to go off to university or their first job. And most of them are going in blind because yeah. no no one shared with them you know the, this life skill that actually it, it, unless someone tells you you don't know about and it's, it's you know what's so bad what they
2: do on freshers week at the student union or whatever they have like big events going on and things and like banks go there and you know they are actually actively trying to get them to get their first credit card <laughs> even yeah. though there they are at uni just started university perhaps they've got themselves already alone or what mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be, and they're literally saying, "Oh, sign up for this." You know, the big balloons and the shiny banners, and come, yeah. you know, come and have a chat with us. If you never had a credit card? Let's let's get you one. And it's like, wow, if you if you've never been educated around credit cards, you just and even if the intention is to like get a credit card and then pay it off, even if you've got that mindset at the start, second you turn eighteen, everyone's throwing this stuff at you, even if yeah. you've not got any, and they don't. They all know the ways in which to get around. The fact that you actually can't afford to have that store card they'll still go oh yeah but we just just write that down or we can just put it through this way and then you know before you
1: know it you're paying a fortune back that's the bit that's missing isn't it because i know that the banks go in and do that with the universities but the piece that's missing is the education around okay this is why they're accessible to you this is how you can use them this is what it means in the longer term and how you can ensure that you don't get yourself in trouble because I remember vividly, you know, at that age, I didn't go to university. I joined the bank and a lot of my friends went off to university and they ended up in in deep trouble with things like credit cards, mobile mm. phone contracts, store cards like you're talking about now. And that's still affecting them now. Yeah, yeah. They haven't been able to get on the property ladder. They can't get mortgages. That's still hanging over them. So that's why I think that sort of age range for me is particularly important.
0: I can't believe it's not taught at schools. Funnily enough, my son, who's 12, was asking me the other day, when you have a credit cards. What happens if you don't pay it off? And I was talking to him about how that you only have to pay a little bit off, and then they'll keep charging you interest. So there are some people that get in such a mess, that all they're doing is paying off the interest every month, and they're never reducing down the debt. But then conversely, um, you know, some kind of credit and a credit rating is a good thing because um, I remember when I, I worked at a bank in marketing years ago, John, <laughs> you know, I remember the first time I was on the mortgage team, mortgage marketing team, and the first time I read at the bottom of every ad, we had to put, you know, the, um, the wealth warning so your home may be repossessed if you do and all of that and said, uh, you know, a typical um APR and if you borrow it was something like 124,000 you pay back I don't know 200 and, so, and I went well that's got to be wrong hasn't it and uh, my manager went no no that's right I went what and they were like that's what happens but also we had somebody apply for a mortgage who was like um in their 30s and an anesthesiologist that's always hard to say isn't it so earning a fortune but had lived with his parents never had any kind of debt so didn't have a credit score and got got refused
1: even though he was earning like quarter of a million quid a year this is my point it's not just the message isn't be careful with credit it's you can use credit but use it in the right way and yeah. you, and need you should use, use credit. credit because you need it for the future for the things you want to do and Credit score is one of those things that I think a lot of people don't even give a second thought to, and actually, it's at one of our most precious assets. I'm still meeting people that are my age, you know, going into their forties, and they've never looked at their credit score. Um, and it, for me, it's something that we do need to grow and nurture and look after, mm-hmm. um, because as you as you've just pointed out, there, Anita, it can cause you problems if you, yeah. if you don't grow it and look after it because yeah. you will need it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you just yeah. i like you say you just
2: you just don't even know because when um I was in my twenties, I earned a lot of money. But then I had a boyfriend that I was living with at the time and he he owned the house that we lived in. So literally I just um spent my money on I think I didn't even pay for my phone because I was in this job that they gave me the phone. So and then um I remember when it came to oh, that's it they gave me a car allowance but they 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 did have a thing where it was just they gave me a car and then they were like oh no we're going to change that now to a car allowance so like okay cool and then I went to get the car on the car allowance and um they, everywhere said no because you don't have and my like deposit <laughs> to get that yeah. was huge because I was like what? and I was like That's, that doesn't even make sense like I've just not needed any credit because obviously I live here I do this and yeah so was, I was terrible with my money even I just literally my mindset about around money was like I was always happy to or Fine, I had this mentality of get out there and work and earn your money. So I would go out, even as a young age, I'd, like, I walked a dog every, uh, like, literally every single day when I was, like, age nine, ten years old. old woman's down the road, dog called Whiskey. I, I, like... I took that for a walk every single day for her for some money. Then I did a paper round, then I did it, And I just added more and more jobs onto things, but the more I worked, the more I spent every penny that I ever earned. And that was always, I don't know whether I learned that as a young age or work hard and then, you know, you can get the stuff you want, but you need to work to get that. But I never, in my head, I'd heard, yeah, you need to say, <laughs> like none of it went into my mind and definitely wasn't taught anything at school or, you know, by parents or things like that. So I think and you don't realize, do you, that actually, It's a good idea to maybe save something because if you do go on to have children and then all the things happen that further down the line, you're going to need a bit of money. So the amount of money I wasted was just ridiculous. But again, I never had credit credit cards. I always thought that's bad in my head. So, and yeah, and that obviously penalized me when I come Mm. to get the actual car allowance.
0: So, when do people come to you? When they're in a mess or when they're thinking about a long term? plan or something like
1: that no it's more if they've got um, maybe they're not happy with their money structure or they're not happy with their attitude towards money their relationship with money Mm -hmm. so maybe they need to change their mindset or they've got a particular goal in mind that they want to be working towards but they're not quite sure how to work towards it or how to approach it Um, and most of the time the clients that are coming to me is when they're going through a transition period so either something's going on at work or something's going on at home that's encouraging them to think okay what's the way forward how am I going to structure myself financially and and prepare for this transition so yeah I've I've helped people with all sorts of different things over these 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 few months so it's been brilliant it's been a really really rewarding thing to do. Yeah. Actually. And how are kids about getting involved generally are they a bit um, like Kevin and Perry
0: or are they quite keen?
1: It depends on their age I think one of the things I try and do is encourage parents to get their children excited about what that goal is whether it means like putting a countdown in the house or encouraging them to sell some of their toys to put towards the funding to try and create some excitement and then allowing them to understand what it means to them so I've helped people with um working towards getting to a once in a lifetime trip to Australia to go and visit family for example but building that into explaining to the children what that means. If we can take our savings to this level, this is the kind of experience we're going to have when we go there and this is what it will pay for and this is what it means. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time as educating the children around the value of money and how, you know, these things don't just appear in our lives. Because I, I remember when I was young, you know, we had a great house. We went on regular holidays. My parents were working, but no one ever explained to me how it all came about I remember worrying about it thinking well this is all great but how (laughs) how does this all happen so um, you know we often sort of work towards things within our family but then the, the bit that we miss is Talking about how that came about, how did we get to a point where we could afford to do that? Like my, I think my like my granddad,
2: he did all right for money. He had a he had a business and stuff, but he clearly didn't pass that information down like to the next generation because then like it, it just didn't filter through, and it was almost like well, why? Like it, it almost seems that people just assume that the schools are. Um, teaching us this and they're just not are they there's nothing in the curriculum set um definitely no,
1: so a lot of the schools are kind of playing around with it they're doing mm. their own sort of hybrid version and there are lots of talks in government about wanting to make it part of the the national curriculum but the, the the issue that I've got with that is that I don't actually want the schools to be teaching financial education because two things firstly finances can be quite complicated so right. if the student's learning about one part of the subject they may well ask other questions that the teacher's not going to know the answer to because they're yeah. not the expert and then the second thing is um as a teacher you can learn what the curriculum is and what you're teaching the children but you could have your own money issues you could have your own money hang yeah, up. everybody uh, does yeah, you can have a, a bad relationship with money. and So they're, all of a sudden, you know, you're know, you sat worrying and being anxious about money, but you've got to go into school and teach children about money and, and how important it is and the, the doors it can unlock. So for me, I think it's, it's, it's up to us as parents to educate our children, but if the schools do want to do some education pieces, that they bring experts in so that we can tell them everything that they want to know and it's not just a... A basic level and then not be able to to delve deeper because children are inquisitive they if you give them a little bit of information they want to know more it's funny because even from a young age children do have their own kind of money personality
0: so I've got two children and my daughter literally spends it before it even gets into her hand in fact she generally owes me money because we're out and she wants something whereas my son's always been great with money and I do treat I've always made them have their own money and spend their own money so obviously I buy them food clothes what have you but if we're out and they say can I have that even from like two years old I'd say yeah but it comes out of your money and they'll go I don't want it but it's interesting how different their opinions are on money um when you know I've probably been the same with both of them but just your own money attitude can be different can't it
1: Yeah, definitely. And this is something I've recently been working on. Actually, I've created a quiz that's on my website where you can go in and discover your money language. So the way Mm. you approach money.
0: We'll put the Um, link to that in the show notes then so people can take that quiz.
1: Yeah, so they can take the quiz. And then once you've discovered your relationship with money, then you can work on how you rebalance it. Because I don't I believe that there's no right or wrong. I just believe that If you can have everything but in moderation. So there are five money languages, in my opinion. And if you can do a perfect balance of all five, then you're winning. Um, So that's kind of. So, what's an example of that then? So, the five money languages are the impulsive spender, um, Mm -hmm. the ostrich, the goal planner, the money maker, and the penny obsessor. So when you take the quiz, you'll find that you will be one of those five. And then from there, I've written a blog and you can listen to my own podcast where I'm explaining those and how you can rebalance them out so that, you know, sometimes it's okay to be an impulsive spender, just not all month, (laughs) you know, just not all the time. But if it's something that gives you joy, then allow yourself to spend 40 or 50 pounds a month on impulsive purchases, because that gives you joy. Just the same as... It's great to be working towards a goal and be a goal planner and be uber, you know, laser focused on that goal. But at the same time, let go a little. See what else is around you. There could be a better opportunity that comes about that you don't realize because you're so focused on that goal. So I try and talk to people about everything in moderation and having a nice balance of all the different money languages. I don't believe in going without. I hate people that do that where they say, oh, you know, don't spend for every friday and i've read it in magazines before where say like somebody has
2: decided to not spend any extra money for an entire year so they've not even like treated themselves to a coffee or anything like that and they've they've only biked to work and they've took sandwiches to work and like i I look at that i think oh wow that would just be awful it's same as like going on holiday when people scrape their money together to go on holiday but then when they're at holiday that they can't just spend because they haven't got any spending money, but they've got there, but then they have to think, oh, I can't buy that or buy that. I'd rather just not go on the holiday than go after.
1: Actually, that's a good point. That's another big part of what I offer is you realising that you may have a goal in mind, but remember the whole value and the whole cost of that goal. So if you want to go on holiday, don't forget about your travel insurance, getting to the airport, enjoying the airport when you're there, your food money, going out. Because... As you say, people work towards these goals and then they forget about all the additional costs and expenses put onto it. I mean, you mentioned about cars earlier. It's exactly the same with cars. Mm. You know, we go to the garage, they say, oh, it's only £150 a month on a yeah. higher purchase. And you think, oh, yeah, I can afford that. But you forget that you've got your insurance, you need to replace the tyres every two years, you're going to have to have an MOT, a service, all those things cost money. So yeah. really, the monthly. The true cost is, is a lot more, higher. You know, £250 yeah. a month. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's another thing that I find myself doing quite often with clients. You know, so yeah. so
2: like if somebody's asked you to go on like a hendo or something, and then you're like,
1: yeah, sure, I'll go.
2: and then you forget that. Oh, you 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 might need to get your hair done, your eyelashes done, your nails, an outfit, more outfits, yeah, spendo there a present for the for head, yeah, exactly. all of that, all the
0: activities you might do on there naturally. It's probably not It's like being invited to a wedding. It's no longer a privilege. I know you can't do it anymore, but I <laughs> just think, well, that's 500 quid, isn't it, by the time you pay for accommodation before and oh, after too. and an outfit and a present and, you know, drinks and all that. It's like, well, oh, I could have gone away for that,
2: thanks. Or just be, like, anti-marriage like me, and then you don't really get invited to it. <laughs> I got that hand but not the, not the, the wedding. The... Um,
0: The banks are doing a thing, though, aren't they, lots of them, where you can... Top up your spending. So if you spend like four pounds eighty six, they'll top it up, round it up, and then put it in a savings account for it. I don't do it, but I know I had a builder once that did it and he didn't even realise he'd signed up to it until they wrote to him and said he had like nearly four thousand pounds in this account that had just been topping up the whole time. So that's a good way to save really without even realizing you're saving, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and there's a few apps that can do that for you as well. So it'll like assess what you're spending and then it'll send you a message to say, Oh, actually, we're gonna take this much out of that and pop it into a separate account yeah. for you so it's almost like saving without you realizing so it is and you've got to put it in a separate account haven't you yeah definitely don't don't touch it but that's what's quite nice these days you know we've got banks like starling for example yeah. that are coming along and you've got all your different money pops so it's really easy these days to segment your money and work out what you want to spend it on throughout the month so um again another thing that i help clients with is working out at the start of the month before their salary comes in where's their money going to go to throughout the month rather than just winging it and getting two-thirds of the way through the month and thinking oh i've got no more money left
2: or like to like halfway through the year and then like then your car insurance comes and in, it's like x amount exactly. of hundred pounds that you forgot that you paid in full last year and then that, now that bill is there again it's like oh,
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's thinking about those annual expenses and thinking about in advance where you're going to spend your money. And as I've said before, I'm open to spending your money on whatever you want to spend it on, as long as you plan to spend that money in advance. When you don't plan to spend it, is when the problems come and it ends up just being, oh, well, I'll whack that on the credit card. And that's where the problems come. So, yeah, or
0: well, when you have to pay everything either monthly or, like you say, on a credit card and you end up like paying interest on things and so you're, you're spending your money on stuff you're not even getting anything for it and it's frustrating isn't it
1: yeah yeah it is frustrating and I you know it it does take a while to break those habits so mm. there are lots of ways in which you can sort of slowly move into being able to break those habits but mm. the first part is realizing that it's an issue and accepting that and then making a plan from there I mean I in my career at the bank I saw many people coming in with like ridiculous amounts of debt and um, you, you need to make a plan to stop that and then change the habit so that you don't keep getting into into debt in that way. So I think mm. the worst I ever saw was someone that had 85,000 on credit cards. I don't know
0: how they sleep at night. I couldn't sleep at night with that.
1: No, it was just like an average person earning yeah. 40 grand a year or something. But the problem is if you want it, the credit is out there and available. Yeah. And because they were making the minimum payments all on those cards. The companies were continuing to increase the limits, therefore they were... You still keep getting offered more, don't you? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So what made you decide to set up Savvy Peacocks? Basically, because I want to work with families and parents, I feel like I can relate to them as a parent myself. And I think the one area within finances that's not talked about enough is educating our children. So I really wanted to educate parents so that they could then pass that skill on Mm -hmm. to the future generations and and work in that way because that's the only way any of these things are going to change you know financial literacy in the UK is only 67 percent so there's a lot of work to do and when you think about how our world has changed over this last couple of years with everything that's happened you know our, our future generations won't won't have the experiences that we had. They probably won't have nine to five jobs. They mm-hmm. won't be commuting into work. They'll be so much more aware of what side hustle is and creating additional income. So they're gonna need to be financially savvy to, to live in that world because there's gonna be more entrepreneurs coming through and and so that, that's a life skill that they've got to have. Yeah. And it's not um, safe either,
2: is it? For, you, you know, like the, the ones that may, may be a risk averse things, oh, I'll get myself a job, job in a bank like you uh, for 20 years. Then yeah. it's not re- even if you think you might be going down that path or you'd like to, it's probably not going to be an option for people anymore in the same way. I've
1: been talking about this today actually on my launch because when I started in the bank, you know, you were pushed through the ranks and I was made a manager within three years. I was the senior leadership Within nine years, so I I really went up the ranks really quickly. But that opportunity in corporate worlds now is not there; it's not the same. Mm. Um, and so I think this life skill is even more important than it was for us thirty years ago, because they are going to be living in a different world, um, and and money is a massive. Player to all of that. It for me, money holds power. It will unlock doors. It will give you options, but it could also has the power to dictate your life. And and if it's not looked after properly, it can cause you real issues with what you want to do.
0: Plus, kids today want the stuff, don't they? At the risk of sounding like an old granny, you know, my day. If you couldn't afford it, you didn't have it. Whereas my kids. You know my my their dad buys some stuff, but my daughter's got a pair of Converse that were 180 quid, and she wants a jacket that's 200 quid, and they just see it online all the time, don't they? And they want like she said to me the other day, she's only 14. She said, "Oh, I've been on um, the Range Rover website and I've done my custom car, and it's you know 155 thousand pounds." And I'm like, "Oh, good luck getting that then. <laughs> what's your plan?" And she says, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be a, I'm going to be an actress." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, what's your plan to get? That? Well, I've got one." so they want the stuff don't they so they're gonna to have to find a way to not get in the debt to get that that's what worries and, me
2: and it's things as well like um obviously we don't have like normal jobs as much now so people might have two or three jobs and then you don't realize till you start work that actually oh well i've got that job here and i'll do that you know maybe i'll work i've got this proper full-time job and then i'll work uh, yeah. in the evening or something and then the tax that you get charged on that additional uh, job or if you've got three different part-time jobs that you're in charge of sorting out the tax for and things, you d- you just don't know all of this stuff um, because no one ever told you. And you just think, oh, yeah, I've got this money. And then it's like, oh, actually, you don't because you, you need to pay tax on this and this. And uh, because you do that, that extra job over there, that's even more tax that you've got to pay and working out how you know how it all comes together it's it's so complicated I think especially when yeah. you have business as well if you go into the realms of business and then you get into that level where you're gonna have to pay ta- uh, that as well what yeah. does that mean how does that work and you just just overwhelming if you've never been in that space to even begin to work out how it all, all connects
1: but I think this is where it's our responsibility to teach our children from a really young age so children start thinking about their approach towards money from age seven so really you need to have these conversations from age four or five because by the time they get to age nine they've decided on their relationship with money they've decided how they're going to handle money so this conversation needs to happen early on so every time they get some money, whether that's money they burnt or birthday money, you're explaining to them, okay, some of this you're going to spend now. What do you want to spend it on? Some of this you're going to save up and buy the Converse and the leather jacket, and whatever else you want to save up for in the next six to 12 months. And some of this you're going to put away for the long term. So when you're 18, you can buy your first car and you can go off traveling and do what you want to do. And the reason that that's important is because you're explaining to them that every amount of money, some of it will be taken away for the future. like you just said your taxes your national insurance going into your pension so you're explaining to them that you never get just because you've been given 60 pounds for your birthday doesn't mean you're going to get 60 pounds you don't get 60 pounds a proportion of it goes for our future so uh, if you can use that as an example with every single time they get access to money then I think they're getting the best of both worlds because they're getting to spend some of it, they're working towards a goal, and they're understanding that just because you've got that money now doesn't mean you're going to have it now. It means that a proportion of it's going to be there and available for you in future years.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, my son, because he is good, he saves and he bought his own gaming PC and you know flashy keyboard and all and he's really pleased with it all and then I see I think my daughter looking it and she just looks at all the crappy makeup she's got and hopefully she just thinks, oh who's one in this scenario? I'm sure she doesn't, but you know
1: So this is an interesting point that you've just brought up here and it's something that I'm exploring is I think educating teenage girls is gonna be really important because mm. teenage girls will spend their money on clothes, makeup fashion, going out, and boys do tend to work towards saving up for something that's got some kind of value to resell in the future. Mm-hmm. So I think um, what I would like to do is run some workshops for teenage girls to educate them around money and why it's important. Because for me, this comes back to gender equality and the amount of women that have issues with not being financially free, um, our pension pots are half as what um, a male pension pot is. I think the stats are something scary, like only 20 percent in comparison to men of women invest um, in long term investments. So there's loads of scary stats out there around the gender equality piece with women. And for me, the way to change that is going to be talking to those teenage girls and saying it's your responsibility to change this for the future, because we're mm. not the you know we need to be equal to men we, we are just as good as them and we're moving into this world where we're showing that we can be family makers and be, be business owners or be earning good money so
0: mm. and always be independent you know I'm divorced Anna's split up with her partners and you're you're divorced so always be independent because you just don't know
1: I, I must say actually so when I approached my divorce a couple of years ago I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to get divorced if I'd not been independent and looked mm-hmm. after myself and was very clever with money because I've got friends and family now that want to separate from their partner and it's they still can't, can't they? Yeah. because it's they still are can't. not independent and mm-hmm. they've made the choice to you know, to go all in, but forgotten Mm. to look after themselves. And I think you can go all in. You can be a stay-at-home mum at the same time as remaining independent because you're putting into the family just the same Mm. as he's putting into the family and going out working. So it's about equality and making sure you have that conversation because Mm. we've all got to stay independent of each other. No one should be reliant on any other person. Making sure you've got your secret female fund. (laughs) (laughs) stashed
0: away (laughs) your fo funder someone once said to me when i was about to get married for the first time and i thought no i won't need that turns out i did but yeah an interesting thing so you um were going to tell us as well where the name came from that's an interesting name
1: yeah so i knew obviously it's a great name yeah so i knew i wanted to use the word savvy because obviously there's lots of great connotations with that around money and um the approach you take to life and I think it's a really uh, quirky
0: word isn't
1: it I think yeah I love it oh, I love Mr. savvy. no you can't and so I knew I wanted to use that but I didn't know what to couple it up with so I'd been deliberating for about six weeks and then one day I could not get this peacock out of my head I, li- I was literally stacking the dishwasher and this peacock came to me and then all the purples and the greens all flashed around in my head and I couldn't get it out of my head and I said to my partner. I want to use a peacock. I want that to be part of my brand, but I don't know how to draw it in, and I want to do this savvy thing, and I don't know what it means. Um, And then when I looked up the meaning of a peacock and the fact that they've are, they got such a big meaning around prosperity and abundance. Oh, do they? Yeah. And the color purple as well. And the color purple, I just thought, Mm. that's it. I'm going to be savvy peacocks. And I thought, well, we've got things like moon pig and wise hippo and stuff like that. So I thought, we'll go with savvy peacocks. And it's
0: really memorable as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, no one forgets. Everyone knows. Yeah. And it, in actual fact, I think you had on Catherine, when, when Catherine came, you said, What does savvy mean? And she said, Oh, well, I just think of savvy peacocks, my friend Laura. Yeah, and she, it, did. yeah she did mention you then. Yeah. And, uh, well, we've had other people say it reminds
0: them of pirates.
2: <gasps> so
0: really? um, the American is uh, a nautical term originally.
2: But yeah, we had Patricia Lohan on here as well, uh, on in your clubhouse the other de- the other morning she was on, wasn't she? And she mentioned she, she's got a peacock in, not a real yeah. one, I don't think, but a statue of, it, and that's to bring her like um, attract money in and things.
0: I had one on my garage roof a few weeks ago when I came back from a dog walk, and it was on there just tapping away at the bathroom window for ages. No, it was on the garage roof, thankfully. <laughs> So you can't get up there.
1: But yeah, it's bizarre. They really are beautiful birds. And the meaning behind them is is so great. So and it just fitted in line with everything I wanted to to do branding wise and stuff. So go with it. So what are your plans? Are you going to carry on working one-to-one or are you thinking about a group program or both? Or... So, um, I'm doing my one-to-one work. I'm also running like a six month transitional program. So if you were going through some kind of transition in your personal, your business life, then you could have like six months worth of support through that. Um, I'm going to be running some workshops through the Savvy Women Club that I'm running on Clubhouse. And I'm going to be trying to get into those colleges that we just talked about and do some education for young teenage girls. Um, I've obviously got my podcast, which is keeping me busy. That's Money Savvy Parents. Um, I'm writing a book. So that will come out by. Well, I want that to be done by the end of this year to come out early next year. So lots going on, but I'm just <laughs> kind of going with the flow at the moment and seeing where life takes me. What you could do with the schools, though, like
2: you say, you want to hit more you want to impact more is that you could somehow create a a program that's an online program that then get its issued to the to the schools like on mass yeah. then you don't have to physically rock up to face scary teenagers on mass
1: <laughs> yeah and that would that would reach more online. people as well yeah definitely some there's so many options so many things to explore but Um, i'm just so thankful for what i've got done so far and the amazing people that i've met through through clubhouse which is how i've met you anna um so yeah it's it's an exciting time and i think it's an exciting time for entrepreneurs because there's lots of people losing their jobs and thinking let me let me start up a business so it's really exciting to see all of that come to life and and what everyone's bringing to the world so
0: lots of people it's like you know if you had more time what would you do with it well suddenly if you, especially if you've been on furlough for a year and a bit on 80 percent, you've had nothing but time to think about what you might want to do and you know give it a go but honestly definitely. so
2: many people have literally just taken that furlough and just watched box sets yeah and just waiting for the time to pass and then just got back to, um to work and that just blows my mind what well, you have mm. missed that you will never get that opportunity Again,
1: you're sat on furlough, but you don't yeah. know if you are going to be going back to that no, job. So, in my, my opinion, that, like you say, that's your opportunity to upskill yourself and learn something new and mm. meet new people and try something. Yeah, try something, I, yeah. I mean, I was listen, I, I broke my ankle in December. I was on elevated bed rest for eight weeks. There is no oh, way I'm gonna oh. sit and watch box sets. I'm just not that kind of person.
0: Eight weeks lying down.
1: Yeah, eight weeks That's lying horrific. down. It actually it was actually ten weeks in the end. It was supposed to be eight weeks. Um, and I'm still recovering now because I'm still not walking unaided. I'm not able to drive or anything yet. So all of this that I've created has come along because I've had the time to do it because I've had nothing to distract me because I've not even yeah. been able to, able to get up and sort the kids out. You know, that's quite often a distraction, isn't it, that we have yeah. as mothers. So, yeah, I've I've just been in bed creating. doing my stuff, creating, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> God, yeah, that sounds hideous, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, that's that's a bit of a lesson out there to anyone. How to did people. you break your ankle? Uh, one of the children left their drinks bottle on the stairs. I didn't Ooh. see it. I slipped on it with my left foot, stumbled down a few stairs in the middle of the stair, a few steps in the middle of the stairs. My right foot got caught up in the slipper and the few steps that I fell down. I looked down, my foot was hanging off my leg. And I just screamed, call an ambulance! Um, Wow. we waited for my partner picked me up and took me in the lounge. I don't know how he managed to do that. And we waited for the ambulance and after four x rays and twelve hours in AE, they discovered that I'd broken two bones in my ankle, a bone in my leg, and dislocated it at the same time. So Was that uh,
0: incredibly painful?
1: It still is. It yeah. in, like, worse than childbirth.
0: Yeah.
1: Worse than childbirth. What?
0: And have you have you chucked that child out of the family now for leaving that bottle there?
1: Well, this is a silly thing. I don't even know whose bottle it was because my my (laughs) partner threw the bottle out whilst I was at the hospital because it was like, damn you, you're going in. No one's going to own up to that one. No. So, yeah. So I'm still. (laughs) Someone knows. I'm still here recovering from that. I'm still on Cocodamol and I've got my walking sticks. But I believe in these things happen for a reason. If that hadn't have happened to Mm. me, I wouldn't have had the headspace to build what I've built and create what I've created. So I would have been. Positive outlook. Yeah, I would have just been busying myself, getting on with life. I couldn't handle that Cocodamol, you know.
2: I felt like I was, like, floating about or something
1: when that I if, had it one. I have to take Cocodamol every four hours. If I leave it to get to the fifth hour, I'm, like, Too screaming much. in agony yeah. still. So I was on Tramadol before that, which if, oh, you, if, yeah. you, if, if you struggle with Cocodamol, <laughs> you definitely... Yeah, I know. I saw, yeah, I
2: heard about that. I didn't, no, not,
0: I They're didn't like know.
1: They're basically, like, force tranquilizers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but then. I cracked a rib in December, and I thought that was bad enough. And it only so, really put me out for a little while. Funny you should say weeks.
1: that. I, I broke two ribs in November, and yeah. I thought the same. I was like, "Oh, well, it yeah. can't get worse than this. This is awful." Because every time you breathe, <laughs> it
0: terrible, it's terrible. Yeah, so
1: painful, isn't it? And I was, I couldn't lie down for four weeks or so, and then life said to me well we tried to slow you down and you you didn't slow down (laughs) down it's
0: like that joke about the the guy in the boat lost at sea and the helicopter comes he says no thanks and the boat comes he says no and then he dies or whatever and he says to god in the thing why didn't you save me It's like well i sent a boat and three helicopters but you just kept saying no
1: they're just not listening to the signs exactly so this time i promise i'm listening please don't allow me to have any more accidents
0: (laughs) Yeah you need some bubble wrap. Two questions we always ask all of our guests and the first one is uh, particularly apt for you is what makes you savvy?
1: Um, For me savviness means having a um, clear approach around what you want to do and how you want to achieve it and I believe that everybody can achieve something they set out to do so if you can do that in the most savvy way possible then that's going to get you there the quickest by using the people around you getting an expert on board to be as as to get there as streamlined as possible basically so um i think it's just about being clever i think savvy is being clever
0: yeah Yeah. definitely and the other question is to recommend a book so a development book or a business book or something that's inspired or helped you along the way
1: yeah, so one of the first books I read when I knew I would be changing career was Key Person of Influence, Daniel Priestley. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book is incredible. And it's it's what's helped me create what I've got today. He he taught me in that book that you don't just have a business and one income stream. You, you know, th- there's loads of opportunities out there, and it's about you being the person of influence within your field. So... Um, that's
2: an awesome book i loved it keep seeing him on clubhouse as well he's been in a few rooms hasn't he
1: he's yeah. coming on my podcast oh, cool. oh really? yeah i just voice noted him and he was like yeah of course i will i was
0: like just just maybe <laughs> as well at some point i love it uh, when people are just so approachable and not I know. just know like, speak to mm. their people i'm not doing that with you and you know we had uh, denise duffield thomas who i just think is absolutely awesome she just trucked yeah. up to our podcast and was just as good as you think she'd be
1: yeah so
0: yeah it's great
1: it's nice. I think. I think that's what Clubhouse has done, though, hasn't it, Anna? I think that's what you're just saying is that it's it's made these people so much more accessible. Um, and it's great when they reciprocate that, and they're just as personable yeah. back. Well,
2: we got JT Fox through um, Clubhouse, didn't we?
1: I think
0: that's only a result of lockdown. Let's see what happens when uh, they're all back on stages and what have you.
2: So we know that you've got the quiz. So we can put the link to that in the show notes. How else can people find you? What's the best way to find you? Um,
1: so I'm on Facebook under Savvy Peacocks. Instagram. Savvy underscore Peacocks Uh, LinkedIn is Laura Weston or Savvy Peacocks and yeah the website which is savvypeacocks.co.uk so there's the quiz on there there's a load of blogs on there there's ways in which you can work with me so go over to the website and have a look and see what you think
0: if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe awesome what a lovely lady and i couldn't agree more with everything she says you know we need to educate our children um, but it starts with parents. So you, you do, you know, you can say what you want to your kids, but they look at your attitude and your the way you behave, don't they? So if you're out just throwing money away and not caring and always being skinned, chances are they'll probably end up like that as well. And or actually, go the
2: complete opposite and be
0: like a Scrooge penny because it's just as bad both ways isn't it those people when uh in back in the day when we used to go to the pub who you know there's always that one isn't there never buys around and is always just there when you've got your hand in your purse yeah all the ones that just
2: stand back a bit when it's time to go you go to the bar and they've they've noticeably just took a step back and Mm. i used to oh since stopping drinking i've just been more aware of that now now i am more i literally will happily go right well i'm just sorting myself out because i'm not drinking but but when i used to drink because I'd obviously would spend a ton on it. I'd be the first one up. Who's having what? And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's yeah, I'm definitely, I'm the opposite of that person that takes a step back. I'm the one falling over myself. Or who
0: just wants everybody to pay individually, which is even more complicated. And I'd just rather say, look, I'll just buy this round and you buy me one back. And, you know, I mean, I will say, like, a, you drinks. know, when you
2: go out for a big meal or something, there's loads of you there, because I literally don't drink anymore. And if yeah, I really right. like a bottle of wine here or, you know, like thing of gin and whatnot obviously I do but then I will put in more Well, often the my, drink is the biggest
0: part of the bill isn't it I'll put, in, well, then more, I always put who... in
2: more than what I whatever my the cost of my thing was I always put in more anyway so I just think you know you know when you tr- people are trying to divvy it up and they're like well mine cost me £9.98 like, oh you know someone you know,
0: like, would be like, like, like well I'm a vegetarian so I'm not gonna pay as much meanwhile downing pints it's just
2: it's just embarrassing the whole thing like embarrassing, like, I just won't go out. <laughs> I can't afford to go out, just stay. yeah, like, yeah. not go in the first place. Then go and be like, Well, I'm, I'm yeah, I've made the effort, but you know, I need to you know, work out exactly to the pence what mine was and pay that money. Out. Money I is a
0: funny thing, isn't it? It does create
2: a lot of tension,
0: so yeah, I'm definitely going to do her quiz and work out what money I can't work it out from the um, the name she gave on me. the title. Sure what I'd be, yeah, it could be a mix of mixture of them because. Like she said, impulsive
2: buyer. I used to have, I used to do that more. Wouldn't say I do now. But still I think a bit you're a,
0: money maker because you could always just make. Yeah, money.
2: go and generate money, but then yeah. I've never been a penny pincher. Never. Definitely wouldn't have any aspect of that in me. But yeah, no, money I'm maker. Not, but I
0: am a saver. I feel mm. panicky if I don't have a little bit, you know, tucked away. Yeah, you're very
2: sensible like that. I am sensible. That might because you went to work at a bank straight away. That might well, have had an impact in on marketing that.
0: though. So yeah, no, but it's
2: Yeah, I know you're not a banky. <laughs> I I, that mean. That's the nicest thing you've said to me. You're not banky. Don't worry, <laughs> you can have that. I'm not Banksy. You can have, you're <laughs> not Banksy either. You can have that as a quote. You're not Banky or
0: Banksy. <laughs> Rule me out, in case you were wondering. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that awesome. she might be double She might be double bluffing. Yeah, I for anyone that's bluffing. ever seen me draw or anything, you know I'm not, not creative mm. at all. Anyway, wittering on now. Uh, yeah, so that was really good. So check out her quiz and uh, let us know. Email us on um, infoworkgetsavvyclub.co.uk and tell us what money type you are as well. And if you want to win the book, which was Key Person of Influence, um, then just rate and review us take a screenshot put it on social media and tag us and um, we'll send a book to one of you lovely people so have a fabulous morning afternoon evening weekend day whatever time of day it is have a nice life well <laughs> not all night if, you try, if you're listening to this and trying to get to sleep like
2: our podcast producer does apparently helps him get to sleep so he does that. night time thanks anyway we'll see you all on thursday for the quickie if you are listening to this real time we're probably running a challenge you might want to get involved with so
0: yes and actually we're going to be um recording this this is going to go out next week so it will be challenge week and all week in the group we're going to record loads of quickies so um yeah get in The link will be in the show notes. Brilliant. All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye -bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group.
1: Just search Get Savvy Club.